there's more to this life than I thought. And James inspires me. The things he says have encouraged me. It's like there's a walk, there's a path, and it's leading to something more real than I've ever known before, and it's exciting. I get around James and I hear things that help me in my life, my work. This work he talks about has become my work. I am excited about the possibility that other people could be affected, other people could be inspired to work on themselves, to grow, to, to realize there's more to this life. Recently, I've been, I've been asked some questions that has, has revealed that there's some confusion about essence and being, the confusion about them, between them, and I want to talk about that to see if there's a way that some of the confusion can be sorted out and dispelled. It's like, it's like essence is essence and being is being and the sun is the sun and there are clouds that pass before the sun but the sun is not affected. But when we're on the wrong side of the clouds, we may not be able to see the sun. So sometimes by talking about the sun, what happens is that the clouds pass and then we get to see the sun again. And it's not like I expect that I'm going to be able to show you the sun. But if I can entertain you long enough, maybe the clouds will pass and you'll see the sun. That's what just came out of my mouth. <laughs> but the work teaches that essence and being are different, that they're not the same thing. Now, this may be obvious to you because you say, well, of course, they're two different words. So they must mean two different things. But you would have to be a little awake to say that because we use two different words to mean the same thing all day long. As a matter of fact, everything means the same thing as everything else except when it doesn't. I can say something and it means this now, but if you say it and I object to it, then it doesn't mean that. It means something else. It means whatever I say it means now. And this is the problem with words is that we use them to position ourselves separate from another person because we believe that we are separate from other people because we believe that we are this form. See, we think, we think we're like this form. So we get all attached to the form and we think, and then it takes so much energy to pull ourselves out of the form. And if there's enough going on with the form, we can't pull ourselves out of it. That's how, I, that's how identified we are. That's how attached we are to the form. So because we're so convinced that we are this form, it sometimes takes what it takes for us to have a realization that we're not this form. We hear the words that we're not this form, but we know that we are. And this work is to, to reveal to us slowly, because for most of us, that's how it happens. For most of us, this sense of ourself in this form is very slowly eroded and dissolved over many years. And sometimes many lifetimes, some people say. I don't know. I don't know. I think, I think maybe I remembered something about a, a lifetime once. But then it may have just been pepperoni pizza, you know, that just gave me indigestion. And I just imagined that I, that I remembered something. Who can, be, who can really trust the memory that we have that much? I, I, tr I find that it's difficult to trust the memory that comes along with this form because it's been wrong. So we have this confusion about essence and being. Now, confusion leads to insecurity. If you're confused and you don't know which way to go, you start to feel a little insecure. Then when you're insecure, you start to make mistakes. And when you start to make mistakes, then you start to hesitate about things. In life, 
hesitation is a good thing for the form, but it's not a good thing for your essence. Your essence doesn't need to hesitate any more than a child, a baby, an infant needs to hesitate. Infants don't hesitate. They reach out and they take it. They are directly connected with who they are. And there's nothing between that. There's nothing between them and other people. That state is available to each of us. That state of naturalness is available to each of us. This is why knowledge and being need to develop together and why esoteric teachings shouldn't be mixed because of confusion which leads to insecurity, which leads to error, which leads to hesitation. I had a ninth grade French teacher, Miss Day. Miss Day taught French and Miss Day taught Spanish. Well, in the French class, she would speak French most of the time. But every once in a while, Spanish would come out. Now, I was never in her Spanish class, but I imagine that in the Spanish class, it's very possible that every once in a while, French came out because she had mixed the languages. And sometimes this, sometimes this word meant this, and sometimes this other word meant this, which just different languages. And so, in a sense, this is what es why, why we say, why esoteric teachers or people who, who are bringing forth this esoteric wisdom sharing this esoteric wisdom, because they're not really teachers, because they, this can't really be taught. It has to be caught. So they aren't really teachers, but they share this experience and this, this awareness that they have, and they do the best they can, because words can't hold it. They can't encapsulate it. They can't contain it. They can only point to it. They can only set up a structure around it so that you can walk around on the structure of words. You can walk around it on the structure of words and see the invisible somehow, catch a glimpse of it, the way you would catch a glimpse of the sun if the clouds were passing by quickly. So, so they say, well, don't mix these. And especially in the beginning, you see, there comes a time when it doesn't really matter. When you have the gift of tongues, when you have the real gift of tongues, what happens is, you know the truth because you are the truth. And you are all the truth. There's no way to be anything else. The only thing that you can do is put your sense of self in this form and forget that you're the truth, which we have all done very well. But you already are the truth. And when you are the truth, then the truth cannot be hidden from you. Do you see? You can, you cannot, the truth cannot be hidden from you. But now the truth can be hidden from us. We, we can, we, the truth can be obscured. Can you see that the truth of you, yourself, is obscured to you much of the time? Because you're wrapped up in this drama, this history of, of this person, this form, this body, this, this set of events, these circumstances, these associations, these pictures, all of these things that the work talks about. You're wrapped up in all of that, and it's constantly feeding itself. It's constantly feeding itself and becoming stronger and stronger, while the truth, your essence, you, are just passive. Not diminishing, but passive. Now, some people say diminishing, and I just, I don't see that. That's not what I experience. So, I, maybe, they, maybe they know something I don't know. That's certainly possible. May even be likely. I don't know. There are different levels of knowledge. We, we know this. There's school grades, first grade, second grade, third grade, fourth grade. You don't expect someone who's, who's graduating with a PhD and someone who's just entering, entering kindergarten to have the same level of knowledge. 
It's just absurd. We don't even, we don't even expect that. So we know that there are different levels of knowledge. And there are also different levels of being. We know that a plant has a different being than an animal. We know that a tiger has a different being than a bird. Tigers don't fly. Pigs, well, we won't go into that about <laughs> pigs flying, but tigers don't fly. And, so, and, 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 and a bird doesn't really fly either. A bird just is. Birds don't think about, well, I wonder if you'd like to fly. I think I'll fly. No, their mother kicks them out of the nest and they just flap their wings and fly because it's in their being to do so. There are different levels of knowledge. There are also different levels of being. The animal being and a plant being are not the same. But the beings of two men may vary even more than the being of a mineral and the being of an animal. Now, the being of a plant, I mean, we, we could say, okay, well, a plant's alive. We, we know that a plant's alive. It, it can grow, it can photos, and we can see it do all of these things. So we know a plant's alive. We know an animal's alive. They may not have the same intelligence. They, they may not have the same level of being, but we know they're alive, and we can see that. But a mineral and an animal, now that's a vast difference. Well, that rock just told me uh, that we, we, we wonder about a person who says that the rocks are talking to them or that they heard a rock, they heard these, you know, I walked into a bar the other day and two rocks were sitting on the bar stool and one rock said to the other rock, we wonder about people like this. This is a joke, right? You, there's going to be a punchline. We're ready to laugh. Okay, what's it going to be? And, and it's not because I just, that just came out of my mouth and I don't know where, <laughs> I don't know where it came from. The difference between two men may be as different as that being of a mineral and an animal. Now that is a vast difference. Our level of knowledge is dependent upon our level of being. Can someone who has graduated with a PhD in astrophysics go back to kindergarten and know the same thing that he knew then? Well, no, because his level of being has changed. And so his level of knowledge has changed accordingly. There are two things that can happen. When knowledge develops beyond being, so let's say it's the tortoise and the hare, and there's a race, and you have the knowledge here and the being there, and the knowledge is faster than the being. What you end up with is what the work calls a weak yogi. A weak yogi is somebody who knows, but he can't do. He knows, but he can't do. On the other hand, let's say it's the opposite. Let's say that the, that, that the being is the hare and the knowledge is the tortoise, and the being outpaces the knowledge exponentially. Then what the work calls that is a stupid saint. It's a weak yogi and a stupid saint. A stupid saint can do, but he doesn't know what to do. So his being is full, and he has the ability to do, but because he doesn't have the knowledge, he doesn't know what to do. Now this happens with people who spontaneously wake up. There are people who spontaneously wake up. They're just like walking around, and one day they go, oh, and they wake up and they realize who they are. And it's rare, but it does happen. Now, there are other people who kind of, they start to wake up and they go, whoa, whoa, what was, what was that? You know, and they look around and they go, wow, wow, life is, wow, every, wow, life is, wow, everything's one. Hey, everybody, look, we can all love each other. You know, and they go, yeah, right. <laughs> and they go, and it's so painful, they go back to sleep. They go, okay, that's enough of that. They go back kind of into hibernation. But then uh, they'll be kind of walking along one day and they'll, they'll trip over a bubblegum wrapper, you know, oh, and they wake up a little bit more. And if they embrace it, if, they're, if they have the courage and the valuation to embrace it, then they can abide in it a little bit longer, get a feel for it and a taste for it a little bit more, and then it deepens. 
in this work, this is what happens to us. You'll be walking along, because you've done this work for years, you'll be walking along and, and all of a sudden you'll just have this realization. It's like, wow, I'm staying right here. And then of course it's gone. But, but if you just walk around like, wow, wow, this is great. Look at all this. And if you keep your mouth shut and don't try and tell a lot of people, you get to keep it longer. As soon as you start telling other people, they start to throw blankets on it, you know. They'll throw little wet blankets on her. Here, put on your coat. You're going to catch a cold. Here you go. Here, you better button up. You're catching a cold there. You know, you're getting a little weird. You're getting sick, so button up. Because they don't see that. They don't see what you're seeing. They don't know what you're knowing. They're not there where you are. So they start to look at you askance. And it's it's a problem. So you have a stupid saint if being outpaces knowledge. The relationship of knowledge to being determines understanding. Modern man's being lacks unity. What that means is he cannot see his oneness. He imagines that he's one. He has an imaginary eye that says, yes, this is me. But then he can't do anything. Or sometimes he can and sometimes he can't. He says something and then he forgets it. He does something and then he does the opposite in the next moment. He says he's going to do something and then he can't do that in the next moment. He can't even remember it in the next moment. So his oneness, his unity is really imaginary. It's not real. That's what the work means when it says that modern man's being lacks unity. Essence comes down to earth, and a physical body is formed for it. It's formed out of the substances derived from both parents. This is the teaching of the work, so don't blame me. This is not a a new thought to me. This is something that I'd heard probably 40 years ago. And at that time, it made sense to me. Now it doesn't even make sense to me. Now it's just like the way it is. There's no, there's no, oh, that may, that's logical, that makes sense. It's beyond that for me now. For me now, it's like, this is, the, this is the way it is. This is the way it is. Two people come together. They join their substances together, their forms together, their substances together. And then, here's a little sex lesson. There's a sperm, there, there's sperm, and there's egg. And there's a lot of sperms. And there's this egg. And all these sperms try to get into the egg. But only really one usually does. And all the rest of them all die. So for one child to be born, potential, millions of potential life forms have to die. And that's the way everything on this planet under 48 orders of laws is. And we don't understand that. But it starts there and it goes on forever. A watermelon puts out how many seeds? A lot of seeds. How many of them grow into plants to produce another watermelon? Not very many. That's the way this works here. That's the way it works under 48 orders of law. So essence comes down to earth and a physical body is formed for it of substances derived from both parents. Essence is prior to the body through which it contacts the world. So essence, your essence, who you are, the real of you, the essential you, existed before your body. So how did you get this particular body? Well, obviously, you went to the body pile. (laughs) You went to the clay pit. Now, the clay pit is mom and dad. They're joint substances. You go to the clay pit, and you can choose what's in that clay pit, but you can only choose what you can handle. Now, some essence can handle more than other essence, because some essence is better developed than other essence. Some essence wants this kind of a body, and some essence wants that kind of a body, because the essence has a game plan. The game plan is, well, this is what I need to develop in in this area, this time, and this body will serve me best. 
So a female body will serve me best, or a male body will serve me best, or this kind of strong body, or this kind of body. But it still is limited by what the parents have put into the pot. It can only take out what's been put in, and then it can only take out what it can handle that has been put in. It can't take everything. So it can only take what it can use. Of course, this is all theory for people who, if it's theory for you, then it's theory for you, okay? Then it's theory. You don't have to believe it. Just accept it as theory. Well, it's a possible thing. I guess it's possible. It's okay. There are some people who it's not theory for them. That's the way it is. They look at it and they say, no, that's what happens. It's not theory for them. But because we can't see that, if we can't see that, then we go, oh, well, they don't know what they're talking about. Because we can't see much higher than ourselves. We can't see much higher than our own level. So someone who can see at that level, they either don't talk about it, or if they do talk about it, they talk about it in hushed tones and only with a few people. Because why open yourself to ridicule and assassination? <laughs> because we get crazy with people who see too much. People with too much vision, people who see too much of the way things are, we have a tendency to kill them on this planet, to hurt them, to make them stop, because it bothers us. It's like if, you're, if you've spent a year in solitary confinement with no light, and somebody comes in and they open a door and turn you know, all these lights on. You want to either get that door closed, get them away, or cover your eyes so that you don't have to suffer the pain of all that light all of a sudden. It's like that. And these, again, these are just words. None of this is, you know, it's all just words. You have to walk around the scaffolding, walk around the scaffolding, walk around the scaffolding. Maybe you'll catch a glimpse of the invisible. If you catch a glimpse of the invisible, the unformed, great. If you don't, don't worry about it. It's not a big deal. It's, it's okay. You know, just keep playing on the jungle gym here. You know, that's all this scaffolding is. It's just a jungle gym. Have a good time. Play. Be happy. There's no reason to hurt yourself trying to climb higher and higher. Oh, look, I'm higher than you. That's not the purpose of scaffolding, although that's what we do with it. Very often. Not always. Some people do that. Okay. Most people do that. So here comes essence. It contacts the world through a body that has been prepared for it, that it used the substances of the parents, part of the substances of the parents to get. So then it contacts the world through that body, but its growth is limited ordinarily, and it needs special food to develop any further. But personality is the food that essence requires. But when you're born, guess what you're born without? That's right, you're born without personality. False personality. Okay, I'll sing personality and you go, false. Okay, and it's got personality. False. Personality. False. Personality. False. personality. There you go. Oh, <laughs> solid rockets. <laughs> Am I having too much fun? I don't want it to bother you too much because I know it can be really irritating. Somebody else is having a good time and you're like sitting there. What's up with him? So personality is the food that essence requires. The body becomes full-grown all by itself if it's provided physical food. It doesn't need anything. It doesn't need personality to develop, and it doesn't need essence to develop. All it needs is food. Feed it, it grows. This is why you can see someone with a body of a superman or a full-grown man and the mind of a child. It, it is possible to see people like that. You can see them walking the streets. You may even know someone like that. You, you may even be someone like that. Not intentionally. So the body becomes full-grown, fully developed, but it doesn't mean that the essence is fully developed. In the beginning, when there's essence in the body, we call that infancy, essence is active. But then, shortly thereafter, what happens is, gradually, personality forms around essence, 
and it starts to grow at the expense of essence. Now, it doesn't mean that it takes anything from essence to grow that essence, you know, so that essence will become less. It just takes just enough to keep essence stunted. Now, the work says that some personalities can actually kill essence. I don't know that. I, I suppose that's possible. I don't know that. So I'll just put it on the back burner. I just let that one simmer there. Fine. So I can go and check that pot, you know, and see how that's going every once in a while. I can lift the lid on that. Yep, still don't understand it. Put the lid back down and go back to life. And that's what I'm asking you to do with these things. I'm just asking you to let them just simmer on the back burner. Don't worry about them. Every once in a while, go lift the lid, take a look, stir, smell, see, see what you can see. Have a little taste. See if it tastes any different to you. Maybe it's, maybe your, your sense of taste and smell has matured since the last time you looked. I don't know. We'll see. You just have to see. You just have to try it and see. That's the beautiful thing about this work, is you have to try it and see. Gradually, our center of gravity shifts from essence, when we're infants, outward into the personality that's being formed by life, primarily through imitation. Mostly, we're imitating what we see the other people around us do. And we start to do that, and we start to develop a personality that coats essence, that, that surrounds essence. This is a horrible thing, and it's a wonderful thing. It's a horrible thing because we say, oh no, this isn't it. This is not the way it should be. But that really doesn't make anything horrible. That just means we've made a drama out of what's naturally so. And on the other side, it's a wonderful thing because here essence is attracting the very thing it needs to feed on so that it can grow. So it's attracting this rich personality and it's saying, oh boy, it won't be long and I'll be able to dine on you. And thank you for that. And, and personality, see, personality could say, oh, that would be lovely. Yes, here, eat my body and drink my blood. That's fine. You must become greater, I must become lesser. That's fine. And of course, we're not in a position to that. One's personality gets its sense of itself and an identity, and it becomes a rebel. Essence, what's that? That's not me. I'm real. And it starts to be all full of self-pride and self-love and self-interest. And so essence then has to just take a chunk here and a chunk there and bite, bite off the toe there and, you know, take a bite over here. And so personality won't offer itself in the beginning because it's so full of self-love, self-pride, and self-interest. But there comes a time when this work starts to have an effect on personality and then personality can say, okay, well, fine, here you go. I will offer this to you. And it was, it's willing to sacrifice itself for essence. Isn't that beautiful? This is a much better way of looking at it than, I've got to kill personality. I've got to beat it down. I've got to chop it up. Oh, I've got to dismember it. Man, lighten up, you know. That just feeds personality, the violent man. That's unnecessary. Don't, don't, you don't have to do that. So the man passes outward into his personality. Essence becomes passive. Personality becomes more active. And unfortunately, few people ever make the return trip. They go out but they never go back in. They die out there in their personality, thinking that that's who they are. It's one of the tragedies of life. But it's a comic tragedy when you see how it all works. But I won't burden you with that now. And this is all because of the hypnotism of life. People don't make the return journey because they are hypnotized by life and they get confused and disoriented in life and confused and disoriented in their personality. And they never really realize that there's something that they could return to. Until 
this work comes along or someone comes along and suggests it, and then there's the possibility. Esoteric teachings are for the return trip, but they depend on the understanding of the man. Understanding doesn't happen mechanically. This is the unfortunate thing. Understanding doesn't just happen mechanically. Understanding is something that happens as the result of the joining of two things. It's like you, if, you take a, if you take hydrogen molecules and oxygen molecules and you take two hydrogen, two hydrogen molecules and an oxygen molecule and you put them together, water happens. And it's like, wow. All of a sudden they're like these two gases and now there's water. Wow. And that's what this is like too. Knowledge and being come together and they produce understanding. Uh, another thing. And understanding is necessary or the return trip isn't going to happen. So man must begin to awaken, which depends on getting knowledge. Getting knowledge isn't enough, but you've got to be able to get some in the beginning. The problem is, is that the personality loves knowledge and it wants all knowledge and it doesn't care about being at all. Not really, because it thinks that knowledge is everything. So it goes after knowledge. And it becomes the hare and the tortoise with the hare being personality getting knowledge. It starts to acquire, 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 add to itself, add to itself, add to itself, which is not what needs to happen for understanding to occur. The awakening means that we feel ourselves less and less through personality. So somebody says, well, what does it mean to, to wake up? Well, what it means is that you feel yourself less and less through personality, through the outer form. You feel yourself more and more through Essence through what you really are, an essence, an essence connection with the invisible, the absolute, the formless, the void, the uncreate, where everything comes from, where essence itself came from. So awareness then is feeling ourselves more and more in essence and less and less in personality, which is really a lovely thing. The process can be complex due to personality's many eyes needing to be ordered. Negative eyes mustn't be nourished. What we love most, we nourish. You remember the story of Joseph and his brothers in the Bible? They sell him into slavery in Egypt. So then they go to Egypt to get food because there's a famine in, in, in their country. And Joseph is like the lord of the land. He's in charge of all the food. But they, it's been so long, they don't even recognize him. And Joseph's brother by his own mother. Now, they all had the same father, but they had different mothers. But Joseph's brother by the same mother. So his mother's other son, he has this connection with him. He just loves him. And so when he goes to, he, he, he has his servants come to serve the, all the boys, all the brothers, the food. He gives Benjamin, which is his brother, his, his mother's son, seven times the amount of food. And all the other brothers, they all look and go, whoa, whoa, because they just came from famine. So they're just like, whoa. They're all freaked out. But Joseph's love for him makes him pour all this out on him. I wonder why I told you that story. It, it made a lot of sense when I started. Maybe it'll make sense again in a, in a little while. Ah, what we love, we nourish. Joseph loved his brother, so he nourished him seven times more than his other brothers. Didn't mean he didn't love his brothers. He nourished them. But he nourished his brother Benjamin seven times more. This is what we do. And we do it automatically. Joseph didn't have any control over this. It was his love that did it. His love nourished it. And this is what we do. We don't have any control over how we feed our negative emotions. We just love them so much, we feed them seven times. Well, what to do? 
what to do about that. We start to see what they're really like. You start to see what your negative emotions are really like, the havoc they wreak in your life, what they do, and your love for them starts to wane. You're not so, oh, you're not so head over. It's like getting married to them. All of a sudden, what you thought was like, whoa, yeah, baby. And now it's like, oh, oh, you have faults, I see. <laughs> well, that wasn't part of the bargain. Uh, you talk to my attorney. Talk to the attorney. <laughs> talk to the sock, you know. <laughs> Through self-observation, we begin to become conscious to personalities, eyes, attitudes, buffers, pictures, roles. As we become conscious to it, we see how negative it is, how petty it is, how mean it is, how what a liar it is. We start to see all this stuff, and it's like, ugh. But the problem is because our sense of self is still in personality, it's like, oh, I'm melting. It's like the Wicked Witch, you know, the West having water thrown on her at the end of The Wizard of Oz. Oh, I'm melting. And we start to melt like that. Why am I so flamboyant? I don't know. I suspect that this is the way that it likes to manifest. I suspect that, that this is how it plays. This is how this part of the intelligence of the universe plays. Who am I to stand in the way of the intelligence of the universe? Who am I to, to hold up my hand? No, stop! Stop in the name of my pride and vanity. You're making this man look like a fool. <laughs> but he is a fool. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay, well then, have a good time. It just depends on how identified you are with your form. I'm not particularly identified with my form this morning. So it's like, eh, whatever. You know, so if it gets to be wicked witch melting, then okay, that, that says it. It's, it's a great picture of it for me. And... And for you too, if you, if you let it be a great picture of it. As we see the quality of the negative eyes in the light of the work, we stop feeding them, and, and then they shrink. When you start to see what they really are, when you start to see what your negative eyes are really like, what do you do? Stop feeding them as much. You don't give them seven times more, do you? <laughs> okay, well, you're not getting that potato now, boy. <laughs> and forget the cream cheese and the butter. That's just out of the question. You can have a little pepper, but that's all. We just start to nourish them less. We stop feeding them so much and they begin to shrink. Now, the thing is, is they recover quickly when we give them our blood to drink, <laughs> which of course we do. We have you got this, let's say you've got this violent, you know, <laughs> uh, 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 negative eye. And this doesn't really get it upset. But then I go out and throw a rock at your Mustang and put a big dent in the hood. And all of a sudden, it's drinking your blood. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it found the juggler vein. <laughs> It's got a straw in there. Mmm, this is good. And it starts to get engorged and huge, just like a muscle that's worked out, gets engorged with blood and huge and bulgy. And it gets like that. And it recovers very quickly if it gets your blood to drink. Don't let it drink your blood. You have to cut it off at the pass. The only way to do that is to see it. When we draw force through non-identifying from an eye, if we understand why we're doing it, the force moves from personality in the direction of essence. We're like rerouting that force. So if we understand, if through understanding of the work, we can see somebody throws a big rock and it dents the hood of our Mustang and, and then the negative eye goes, and it goes right for the juggler vein. But we can see and understand through this work and these ideas of the work and what we valued that that is not what we want. We then withhold the nourishment from that negative eye. And it is redirected toward, away from the personality and toward essence. That's how it happens, through non-identification. Essence is really our self. Personality is part of acquired being, which includes essence 
encased in personality. Essence and being. So what is being? Being is personality and essence. And it's real personality, that is the personality that comes out of essence, but it's also false personality, the personality that comes from the world that's been acquired. So it's acquired being, real being, essence, and all these negative eyes and false eyes, all of that stuff too. That's all part of being. So when people say, well, just be who you are, well, that's right, be who you are. But what we think it means is be who you're not, because who we think we are, we're not. Are you with me, Diana? Yeah, so you're not with me. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you, but it's like, it's gone past the point of me being able to understand. This is a good point. If the words are not making sense to you, see, Diana wears herself out with words. She wears herself out with the intellect. And this is a perfect time for her when she starts to nod like this, when she's just a nod and you can see that she's just exhausted from all the mental activity. So all this was just for this moment. Be in the moment, Diana, because it's all right here in this very moment. Now she's in her head again, so she's gone. Be in the moment. How do I do that? Okay, let me be in the moment. I'll be in the moment intellectually. And then you start thinking about being in the moment. Next thing you know, you're gone. Forget it. It's over. You're back in your head. But that's okay. I'll be back. As center of gravity shifts from essence to personality, our level of being changes. If it shifts, shifts from personality to essence, our level, level of being changes. Our level of being changes as our center of gravity shifts from essence to personality. Our level of being changed. Then our level of being starts to shift from personality to essence. Our level of being changes. Who you are isn't changing. Your level of being is changing. The watermark. With the development of being, we can find higher states of consciousness. As we develop our level of being, moving away from the personality and toward the essence and nourishing essence, we find we have access to higher states of consciousness. It's just, that's just that simple. Why? Because we're closer to the source. We're moving inward when we move toward essence. We're moving outward when we move toward personality. So we're getting further away from the source as we go out, but we're getting closer to the source as we go in. Your being is like an invisible bubble around you. Okay, so just imagine this kind of like this, all right, well, let's pretend it's a soap bubble, you know, and it's like, there's just a big soap bubble around you, okay? And, you know, and it's got a rainbow up there, and it's got, you know, and, but, you know, somebody comes and they push on it, and it's okay. And then over here, you know, you push on it, and it goes, ooh, out there like that. So your bubble is changing. Things out there are affecting it, things in here are affecting it, so its shape and size is changing. Okay, you with me? You got this bubble that's doing this. This is, your, this is your level of being, this invisible bubble around you. And then that bubble influences and attracts. So it influences you, but it also influences other, other beings. And it attracts. So it attracts this kind of being, but it repels that kind of being. Your level of being attracts, your being attracts your life and repels your life. So you're one of those people that, let's say, you give them uh, $200,000. And in six months, they're $200,000 in debt. And they don't have anything to show for it. Well, that's your level of being, repelling money. And it's really true, people. It's true, isn't it? There are some people I could give this side of the room this much money. And I could give this side of the room the same amount of money and come back in two weeks, and this side of the room would have more, and this side of the room would be in debt. Level of being. But, but I didn't do anything. No, it's your level of being. It's not your level of doing. It's your level of being. 
Because your being attracts your life, not your doing. But, 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 because what you're doing comes from your being. Oh, I don't understand. Well, let it go. See, if you're the one who's in debt, you don't understand. If you're the one who's not in debt, who's gained more, you still may not understand, but you're just happier with it. <laughs> being is divided, not really. Okay, being is divided into three parts. Now, when I say being is divided into three parts, I'm making this up. This isn't really true. But I'm trying to help us to see something. So we're making, we're pretending that something is there that's not really there. Because sometimes fake names help us to understand what we couldn't understand otherwise. So being is divided into three parts. Intellectual being, emotional being, and instinct moving being. Development hasn't been intelligent, so it's unbalanced. So someone's intellectual being may be well beyond their emotional being, or someone's emotional being may be well beyond their... And so what, Katie, what do you have? You have the weak yogi or the stupid saint in that case. If their, if their emotional being has gone well beyond their intellectual being, you have a stupid saint. If their intellectual being has gone well beyond their emotional being, you have a weak yogi. Development hasn't been intelligent, so it's unbalanced. This work through self-observation helps us to see our being, giving us the opportunity to change it. Your being can be changed. Well, how can your being be changed if it's what you are? It's because it's the part of what you are that can be changed. How's that? Wasn't that easy? It's just the part of what you are that can be changed. Well, is there a part of what I am that can't be changed? Yes. Who you really are can't be changed. It can only be realized or obscured. And it's not really obscured. You're just not looking in that direction. If we can change our level of being, we can attract a different life. You mean I don't always have to get this amount of money and then make more? No, you could lose it. Oh, wow. Forget that. Oh, but You mean I don't always have to have this amount of money and then lose that on and be that amount of money in debt? Right, you could change it. Wow, that'd be cool. I really want to do that. I don't really want to do that. Well, you're already changing it. Your resistance is what's changing it now. Because resistance means you contract your level of being. And it changes right now. The bubble just got smaller. We change it, we can attract a different life. That different life that we can attract can either be up or down, in or out, better or worse. There you go. That's the difference between essence and being according to what this work teaches and according to my understanding and experience of it. Your mileage will vary. The linchpin of this work is the practical application of the ideas shared in the podcasts. If you'll go to solidrockvista.com to the thoughts page, I've written a number of articles that will help you to practice the principles that we're sharing with you in the podcasts.